Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Monday, December 11th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Weatherwise, Riverside is setting the stage for a comfortable December 11th with a high of 71.2 degrees and an anticipated low of 54.2 degrees. Now, as we delve into today's top stories, we'll begin by examining the political chess game unfolding in Washington. Republicans are initiating a bold move, requiring significant alterations to border policy as their price for backing continued financial support for both Ukraine and Israel. Meanwhile, in the sports world, Japanese baseball sensation Shohei Otani is making a historic splash with an eye-popping $700 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. This deal not only shatters records but also sends ripples throughout the major leagues. Turning to health news, parents' concerns over their child's stomach pain could be alleviated with a simple method. We'll explore the jump test as a potential tool to help discern if your child's discomfort is a sign of appendicitis. Stay tuned for these stories and more on Alex's News. We turn now to the top story of the day where ongoing negotiations between President Joe Biden and Congress are sparking a heated debate over immigration reform and border policy. Our reporter Ethan has been following this story closely. Ethan, can you bring us up to speed on what's currently happening in Washington? Sure, Grace. The crux of the matter is that Republicans are calling for substantial revisions to border policy. This is taking center stage during the discussions between President Biden and Congress, primarily because these policy changes are being linked to essential funding for Ukraine and Israel, which both parties see as critical. When we talk about significant adjustments, what kind of changes are the Republicans pushing for? Republicans are vocal about the surge in migrants crossing the southern border. They view this as a security threat and a drain on resources. Their demands include alterations to humanitarian parole, which affects how people enter the country on emergency grounds, as well as modifications to asylum standards, which could change who is eligible for protection. They're also looking at expedited removal procedures to more quickly deport those who don't meet the criteria. That sounds quite extensive. How is President Biden responding to these demands? President Biden is showing some flexibility here. He's signaled a willingness to compromise on border policy, which is significant given his administration's initial stance on immigration. In tandem with these negotiations, he's also seeking added funding for border agents, immigration judges, and asylum officers to bolster the system's capacity. Now, you mentioned critics and some Democrats are concerned. What are they worried about? Many critics, including immigration advocates, fear these changes could severely undermine protections for vulnerable individuals seeking refuge. They argue that the proposed adjustments may create an even more hostile environment for asylum seekers, potentially putting those fleeing persecution at greater risk. This is a delicate balancing act, with potentially far-reaching implications. What can we expect going forward from these negotiations? The negotiations are a tightrope walk, aiming to strike a compromise on immigration issues while ensuring the federal government is funded and that military aid is provided to Ukraine. Details on specific changes are still under wraps, and it's a space to watch as both sides continue to hash out their differences. The Associated Press reports that the White House is actively engaged with Senate Democrats and Republicans, particularly on border security measures. And what is the likelihood President Biden will sign off on any proposed border security bill? Is there any indication of his stance? That's the question on everyone's mind, Grace. 
President Biden's current position on signing a potential border security bill is somewhat ambiguous. There's speculation that he may accept some Republican-led initiatives in exchange for broader bipartisan support on other critical issues like the funding for Ukraine and Israel. However, until the negotiations come to a head, and we have a concrete bill in front of us, we can only guess at his decision. Well, it certainly sounds like the stakes are high and the outcome of these talks could have significant consequences, both domestically and internationally. Ethan, we appreciate your in-depth analysis of this complex issue. Thank you for your report. Glad to be here, Grace. It's a story we'll continue to follow closely. In today's sports news, we're taking a closer look at a groundbreaking moment that's sending shockwaves through baseball. Shohei Otani, the Japanese baseball sensation, has made history with an astonishing $700 million contract over 10 years with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Joining us to delve into the star player's record-breaking deal is Chloe, our sports correspondent. Grace, what can you tell us about the specifics of this deal? Chloe, this is monumental. Otani's new contract with the Dodgers eclipses the previous record held by Mike Trout, also setting a benchmark with an average annual salary of $70 million. The contract is structured with deferred money, which is essentially payments put off to future dates, and this helps the Dodgers manage their luxury tax payroll. That's quite the strategic move for the Dodgers. Now, Otani's career with the Angels was notable, but despite his individual success, there were some disappointments, right? Absolutely, he's never made the playoffs and always played on teams that ended with a losing record during his six seasons with the Angels. Otani's move to the Dodgers is not just about the money. It's also a quest for team success and to be in an environment that fosters winning. Considering the scale of this agreement, Chloe, how are sources like WHYY and the Associated Press framing this historic contract deal? Well, Grace, they're drawing comparisons to other global sports icons like soccer stars Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, as well as music industry giants like Taylor Swift. This speaks to Otani's immense marketability, he's become a brand unto himself. The Dodgers are clearly looking to harness this, expecting to boost revenue with ticket sales, advertising, and of course, aiming to galvanize the fan base both in Los Angeles and back in Japan, where Otani is a huge star. With such a huge investment in Otani, there must be some risks or challenges for the Dodgers. Would you care to speculate on what some of those might be? Of course, while securing a talent like Otani can certainly pay dividends, it's not without its perils. For one, Otani recently underwent elbow surgery, so there's concern about his pitching capabilities in the near term. Then there's the financial juggling required by the deferred money in his contract. It's a complex piece of financial planning. Also, with a hefty chunk of the payroll directed at Otani, constructing a competitive team around him won't be easy. With Otani now effectively becoming the face of the franchise, the expectations would be sky-high. Exactly. The pressure on him to deliver top-tier performances game in and game out will indeed be considerable, more so than ever before. And looking at the broader picture, with Otani off the market, this could set off a chain reaction affecting free agent signings and trades as other teams recalibrate their strategies. Understandably so, this is a major shakeup with potential effects across baseball. Any closing thoughts on how you see Otani's tenure with the Dodgers playing out in the long run? It's going to be fascinating to watch, Grace. If all goes well, Otani could become a legendary figure not just in Los Angeles or Japan, but globally.
The next 10 years will reveal the full impact of this unprecedented contract on the sport, the fans, and Otani's legacy. Thank you, Chloe, for that in-depth analysis of Shohei Otani's monumental deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's certainly a story we'll continue to follow with great interest. Good morning, everyone, I'm your anchor, and here are some other headlines we've got our eye on this morning. Biden's rhetoric echoes past presidents. It appears President Joe Biden is adopting a page from the political playbook of some of his predecessors. He's channeling his inner Obama and Bush as he begins to criticize his predecessor, which pundits interpret as gearing up for his 2024 re-election bid. Conflict in Gaza escalates. Tensions are boiling over in the Middle East as the Gaza Strip becomes a battleground. Israeli forces and Palestinian militants are locked in a fierce clash, resulting in significant turmoil for civilians who are trapped in the crossfire within Gaza's urban landscapes. Mariah Carey's Holiday Dominance It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas every time Mariah Carey's perennial hit climbs back up the charts. Her 1994 holiday classic is proving to be an unstoppable force in the festive music scene. Biden's Economic Paradox A curious situation unfolds in the U.S. as President Biden faces a discrepancy. The economy shows signs of strength, yet the American people remain wary, highlighting a gap between hard economic data and public sentiment. Drug cartel violence in Tijuana Mexico's Tijuana is witnessing a surge in violence as drug cartels retaliate against allegedly corrupt police officers. A cartel's brutal response to a stolen narcotics shipment spotlights the enduring issues of corruption and the influence of illegal drug syndicates. As we scan the globe and here at home, we're confronted with political strategies, international strife, cultural icons, economic challenges, and societal unrest. That's the lay of the land in today's major headlines. Unfortunately, we long for a touch of good news to share with you this morning, but it appears our headlines are rather sobering today. We'll keep an eye out for those stories that bring a smile, a sense of wonder, or hope, and when we find them, you'll be the first to know. For now, let's all find some positivity in our day ahead. Stay tuned for more after the break. Ethan. Let's shift gears to something that's a cause of concern for a lot of parents out there. Their children's health. NPR Health has been shining a light on a simple technique called the jump test that parents can use to determine if their child's stomach pain might be appendicitis. Can you tell us more about what's been reported? Absolutely, Grace. It's a scenario that's familiar to many parents. A child complains of stomach pain, and the mind immediately races to appendicitis, which can be serious. The jump test is something that's actually recommended by some pediatricians. Parents can ask their child to jump, and if they can do so without significant pain, it's likely not appendicitis. So, how does this test actually work? And are there any risks involved with it? It's interesting, Grace. The test works on the premise that inflammation or infection in the abdomen, specifically the peritoneum, will cause pain when jostled. Jumping puts that sudden pressure on the abdominal cavity, so pain could indicate inflammation, like in the case of appendicitis. As for risks, this test is quite benign. It's more about observation than anything. And it seems like there are other home tests or symptoms parents should be watching out for? Definitely. Dr. Jennifer Shu, a pediatrician in Atlanta, talks about pressing on different areas of the abdomen to check for pain. 
it's important to be mindful that appendicitis symptoms can include things like abdominal pain, fever, nausea, vomiting, and changes in behavior, just to name a few, especially in older children. For preschoolers, it's less common, and the symptoms can often be vaguer. With that in mind, should parents rely solely on this jump test? It's a good question, Grace. No, the jump test isn't a definitive diagnostic tool. It's more of a first step to provide some reassurance at home. But if symptoms persist or worsen, seeking medical attention is crucial. And as the NPR articles point out, treatments for appendicitis have become less invasive now, thanks to advances like laparoscopic surgery. Could there be potential implications if this test becomes widely used among parents? Yes, the jump test could lead to a reduction in emergency room visits for standard stomachaches. However, there's the flip side that some cases of appendicitis might be overlooked if the test is relied on as a concrete diagnosis, which it isn't. Parental discretion and medical consultation remain key. Regarding the concern about appendicitis not being very common in preschool-age children, what should parents of younger kids keep in mind? Young children might not articulate their symptoms clearly. Things like being off food, vague abdominal pain, or even having loose stools could be symptoms. So parents should be vigilant and consult healthcare professionals when they're in doubt because appendicitis can be hard to diagnose in young kids. What about in terms of the at-home test itself? Are there tips on performing it properly to avoid any potential risks? Absolutely. Parents should ensure kids are warmed up before jumping and that they're on a stable surface. Watching their form and technique is also crucial, and it's important to stop immediately if any discomfort or pain is experienced. If in doubt or for kids with pre-existing health conditions, consulting a healthcare professional before conducting any kind of home test is a must. Ethan, thank you for this thorough analysis. This information is no doubt invaluable to our parent listeners and really highlights the takeaway here. Parents should use the jump test as a guideline but always follow up with a pediatrician. My pleasure, Grace. Keeping kids healthy is a top priority, and it's always better to be well-informed. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.